0: Hey everyone, and welcome into the Friday walkthrough. I'm Cole Carmody alongside Monty Spiller. K-State officially once again controls its own destiny for the Big 12 title race after beating Baylor 31 to three. Now they get set for a date with the Mountaineers.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> it's funny how one week makes a difference two weeks ago I I'm not gonna say people were in panic mode but there were a lot of questions you know people were asking about Martinez people were asking about the defense can we stop the run because BJ Robinson had a great day against us you know B. John's a heck of a back and and like I said before he's kind of been our Kryptonite but the true the team that we knew we had showed up last Saturday against Baylor and uh, honestly I don't think Baylor understood <laughs> how good we can be and how good we are until it was too late.
0: It was a sight to be seen. We'll talk about that game in the first half. In the second half, we will preview the game against West Virginia. But first, we want to let you know we're sponsored by our friends at the Part-Time Beverage Company. The first half is sponsored by the Club Special. The second half is sponsored by the Cape Cod. Make sure you're hitting subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe to the website, echopowercat.com, and wherever you get your podcasts. So when we look at this game against Baylor, let's just start off by saying it was total domination. Now... I will be the first to admit I was very confident going into this game, maybe not as confident as some may have been, um, but I was confident going into this game. However, when K-State gets stopped on fourth down, and then Baylor gets the ball and immediately starts moving the ball down the field, you're thinking, okay, they got to start making some adjustments, because this is how... K-State cannot win the game if Baylor can run it down their throat. Well... Kobe Savage comes up with a huge interception, and it just felt like from that point forward, K-State was always in control.
1: Yeah, it was one of those things where, like you said, our defense tend, not always, but a lot of times we tend to start slow. And 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 that and that's going to be the case with a lot of teams. But when you come out in the game, and, and an offense like Baylor, there are all kind of formations at you. They're doing motion. they different personnel. It takes a couple of plays to kind of get settled in. And I don't think people really understand how difficult that can be, unless you're bringing like a lot of pressure right away to force the offense to shut our hand early. You're gonna have to figure out what's happening and, and and then get it and get settled. Fortunately for us, we got settled in the red zone and Kobe came up with the big interception.
0: It was it was interesting because Baylor pretty much did exactly what they thought we thought they'd do on offense. They came out, they ran a lot of sweeps, they ran a lot of zone plays. They basically tried to say we think we're better than you and we're just gonna run it down your throat. But we kind of figured if K State wants to beat them, they're gonna have to stop the run. And in total in this game, Baylor only had 103 yards rushing. The leading rusher was Richard Reese, who had 54 yards. But after that first drive to give up chunk runs for the most part. I mean, there was eight, nine yard gains to hold them to 103 yards rushing. That was incredible. And I mean, we saw some things defensively from K-State that we haven't seen. Um, Khalid Duke came down, put his hand on the ground. There was some, not necessarily four down fronts. He was more of an overhang. Right. But we saw some stuff schematically that we haven't seen. Now the players in Kleiman said that that was probably more based on the game plan. Mm-hmm. But I mean, goodness, if they can start to add that in, that's just gonna add a wrinkle for teams. I, I love that. I think getting Khalid Duked, where he can have his hand in the ground, not only go get the passer, but also he's a really good run stopper. I mean, that was a huge difference in the
1: game. It is, and it's one of those things where Coach Klanderman and Coach Klyman understand you have certain guys that are versatile. And the good thing about that is when certain situations arise, you don't have to switch players out. You can keep the guys that have been in the game, understand the tempo of the game, have more experience, so you won't have to bring somebody that's maybe smaller or slower in. You can keep those same guys in, just move them down uh, in in different formations. You can put the hand on the ground, you can stand them up, you can put them as overhang, uh, you can put them in the flats. He is a utility type player, Mm -hmm. which makes a big difference. And we have several guys on defense like that. But yeah, it could have been part of the game plan. Regardless if it was or wasn't, it was working. Mm-hmm.
0: It was It was interesting because he has been more of kind of like that edge player. Yeah. But we also kind of saw him play in the box a little bit too. He's done a little bit of that, but he did everything on Saturday. And I think that talks maybe he's finally um, 100% healthy. Still trying to come back from that knee. Maybe they're trying to limit what he can do, but we're finally to the point in the season. This is what they envisioned when they move him to that linebacker spot. Another linebacker who was fully healthy, and you could tell on Saturday, was Daniel Green. That's the best game I've seen him play all season. He was flying around to the football. A healthy Daniel Green makes this defense so much better.
1: You're right, and it's one of those things where in talking about Daniel, he— Mentally, he's always there. He's the vocal leader. He gets guys lined up. He's kind of an emotional leader because you know he's gotten in trouble in the past for targeting Mm -hmm. because the guy plays hard, and it it, it is what it is, and I love that about him. But now he's playing faster. He's getting downhill. He's finishing tackles that he hadn't because of injuries. We know what he's capable of, but a lot of people who don't know K-State look at him as a good player, not a great player. He wasn't healthy. Mm -hmm. Now he's finally healthy, and he's showing everybody why he's one of the best linebackers in the Big 12. And going back to Duke, He's kind of a forgotten man. And one, because he's not a good player, is because he was hurt. But now he's getting healthy, and he's showing everybody, hey, I'm just as good as anybody else in the Big 12, so look out.
0: And we haven't really talked about the defensive line that much, but those guys did what they needed to do. They didn't get a ton of pressure on Blake Shapin. But I, I almost think that it was one of those things where there was a lot of man coverage, mm-hmm. and it, Klanderman said... But we trust our secondary. Yeah. We understand that we can cover anybody on Baylor's roster and we're going to make Blake Shapin beat us. He's gonna have to throw the ball efficiently. We're gonna stop the run and once again make the quarterback beat us. Kinda of what we thought might happen and, and they did a great job of that. Blake Shapin, two interceptions. We said if we could if K State could get Shapin to throw some interceptions, get him to turn the ball over. They'll be in business. They were in business, and it was after that first drive. Now, I will say this. The secondary, at times, I felt like they came up with plays when they needed to come up with plays. Josh Hayes played an excellent game. Mm-hmm. He struggled tackling against Texas. He did. But he came down, and he made a statement. And he that was one of his better games I've seen him play as a Wildcat.
1: I agree. I think our secondary, our defense as a whole, but particularly our secondary, after the Texas game, they looked itself in the mirror. And, and they had to have a conversation and say, listen, this is this not us. This this is not the Lynch mob. This is not K State defense. And it was embarrassing almost. And they understood. Moving forward, you have to play better. And all those guys. And Josh Hayes especially Were more physical They were more assignment sound They were more um, Focused on their tackling With their head up Finishing Mm -hmm. plays And they were flying to the ball You know, In a D-line Linebacker secondary But as a whole The whole unit looked 100% better Compared to the prior week
0: And if there was Any downside of this game It was uh, Before we talked about The offense It was on on the defensive side It was losing Kobe Savage We think it might be An ACL He is out for the year Mm -hmm. According to Chris Kleiman So we're hoping For the best Kobe, he's a great, great young man. Hopefully, he can get back soon Absolutely. and be ready to go for next Absolutely. year. It'll be interesting to see what they do in the secondary. I think K State plays so many guys back there. This is kind of what we talk about. It's the next man up. They've played so many guys. All right, just slide in there, and and really not much changes. Obviously, losing a starter and a potential all-conference player and Kobe Savage is a big deal, but they have guys back there who've played a lot of football this season, and and like we've talked about, this is what they prepare for.
1: Yeah, and it's one of those things, me as a fan, me as a a, a high school coach, me as a former player myself— I watch guys rotate in, and a lot of times if you watch a game and you see a new guy out there, a freshman, a guy who had not played a whole lot, um, it's easy to get panicked. I have yet to see anybody come off the bench this year that I'm thinking they're going to target that guy. And if they do target that guy, he's up for the challenge. Mm-hmm. I have I have yet to be panicked about any guy that's came into the game this year and play well. And most of the guys from the sa- secondary, safeties, linebackers, all of them, they have played well. And I feel like there's accountability and they don't want to let each other down, and they – prepare for it. So, like you said, the next man up mentality is it holds true here at K-State.
0: I think T.J. Smith is probably that next guy yeah. who will come in and, yep. and take that spot. But I, I would be curious to see if they go and kind of switch it up a little bit. Josh Hayes comes down and plays a lot of cornerback mm-hmm. in the nickel. Maybe he'll stay at safety and they'll bring a guy like Jacob Parrish, who's played a lot of football this season, in at cornerback. And, and Hayes can play safety. You got Parrish at corner. There's just a lot of things Kleinerman can do. And mm-hmm. you know what? The good part about all that is, if it's not working, you can try something else. You got options. Because they have a lot of Options there. Um, last note on this defense: four teams now have not scored a touchdown on K-State this season. If you count Missouri, that is five games where a team has scored one touchdown or less. Half the games, the K-State defense has allowed one touchdown or less. That is impressive. That is outstanding. And Joe Kleinerman deserves all the credit.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, a couple of years in now, uh, he's been an assistant in, in D.C. And he, he, what he does works. And the guys are bought in, they, they sell out for him, they do what's right. And and there's an old, and you probably heard it, around the nation, the Big 12 don't play defense. Mm-hmm. I'm not hearing that, you know. <laughs> the Big 12 has historically had really great offenses, so no matter who you are, they're gonna put points up on you. And they still continue to have prolific offenses and score a lot of points. But the, the fact of the matter is, K-State has a dominant defense. And it is what it is, and it should be recognized and it should be known for throughout not just the Big 12, the rest of the country. They play quality football.
0: And talking about the offense now, first of all, uh, if you haven't been aware, Adrian Martinez is mm-hmm. out for the game, yeah. potentially out for the KU game as well, a lower leg injury. So Will Howard will get the start. He came in against Baylor, and, and Monty, he looked incredible. <laughs> it was every single throw was right on the money. This kid looks like he's been playing football for four years now and and this is you know he's played in parts of three seasons but he looks like he has been a starter since day one the way he has improved has been tremendous I thought he was outstanding so was the offensive line but again they ran the ball between DJ Ginnis and Deuce Vaughn 38 times on Saturday they established the ground game early and that opened things up for Will
1: it did and Will did a great job and (laughs) it's funny because if you guys go back to previous episodes Mr. Senate and I made a comment about him. I said, he's going to have a breakout year, mm-hmm. or a breakout game. And last week it was, and I don't know if him and Will are buddies <laughs> or what, but they have a connection. And I love watching those two. And it's, it's so fun to see him, a big guy. He's making receiver-type catches out in the open, and he's running people over. He's blocking people. But Will looks comfortable. All the guys trust him. And honestly, I, could, I watched the game from home. When Will came in, I could visually see some Baylor fans on TV give a look like, okay, the backup quarterback in, he's in. We know we're in trouble. Mm-hmm. They knew what they knew. They, 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 they didn't think, okay, it's a backup. We got a chance. They knew this guy's tried and true, true and tried and he's ready to roll and he showed what he can do.
0: How crazy is it that K State has two quarterbacks who have been playing at an all conference level? I mean, seriously, yeah. before Adrian Martinez got hurt against Iowa State, there was talk of him being in the Heisman race. Yeah. Will Howard comes in, gets Big 12 player of the week, and then just doesn't miss a beat. It's, it's remarkable. And again, the offense did what they had to do. Um, whenever you get put in good positions like they have from the defense, it helps. Um, but they definitely Colin Klein called a great game the fact that they were able to move the ball down the field and and, and they were taking what the defense was giving them there wasn't a ton of big plays and to me that just says Will Howard is ready for this moment because we've seen him air it out they took those small plays my favorite play of the game though was the flea flicker reverse play that Will Howard comes in throws it down to Senate again there's so much confidence in Will Howard and in this offense it is a scary sight for the rest of the season
1: they're having fun they're having fun and they're they're, they're hitting on all the right cylinders at the right time they're coming together it's one of those things where some teams start fast and, and, and kind of take a uh, nosedive or either balance out and then some teams continue to get better in case they even though we took a couple of losses uh, mid-season we still continue to get better and there's no panic and now like you said before we're back in the driver's seat to get the opportunity to play in the Big championship i'm excited
0: the last thing I'll say about Will Howard before we wrap up this segment is that, once again, I've talked about it on this show and all the other podcasts and stuff we do at Go Power but he is an outstanding young man. Yeah, to, to be in that situation and then to come in and just say, okay, you know what? Here I am. I'm coming in in the middle of the game. I wasn't expecting to play, but... Here I am. It's go time. And just to look like he's been pre- been preparing the whole week, people don't understand. Yes, Will Howard takes reps with the ones, but a lot of the time he's taking reps with the twos and not necessarily getting that many practice reps. Mm-hmm. As you get into this week against West Virginia, he will, have all the, he will have all the reps with the ones, but the way he came in on Saturday
1: was special. It, it, it was. And, it, you know, as, as, as a former Wildcat myself and an alumni, I cheer for all the guys. But there are certain people on the team you just want to see successful and he's one of those guys and, and if you don't like will howard something wrong with you there's <laughs> something yeah. wrong with you even if you're not a k-state fan you got to pull for that young man because he's done everything the right way the wildcat way the way they teach it and if you can't pull for him it's on you and not on anybody anybody else because he's a special kid man
0: will howard will get the start like we mentioned against west virginia on saturday in morgantown we'll talk about that game when we come right back after the short break Welcome back in here to the Friday Walkthrough I'm Cole Carmody alongside Monty Spiller We are sponsored by our friends at the Part-Time Beverage Company The first half was sponsored by the Club Special The second half is sponsored by the Cape Cod Make sure you're getting in and trying those adult beverages wherever you may get them Now, let's talk about this game in Morgantown It feels like only weird games happen in Morgantown, West Virginia just something about it
1: yeah, it's one of those things where with them being so far east, they're kind of like out by themselves compared to the other Big 12 teams at the moment, and no matter when you go to Morgantown, something crazy happens. I know the games is a little early in the day than compared to other games, mm-hmm. but it still concerns me a little bit. Um, I'm not sure what our guys' travel schedule is like. If we're going out the night before or the day of. But hopefully our guys are, are awake and well and ready to play uh, early against them because we can't afford to take a loss against West Virginia.
0: And it's kind of a hard place to get to. Uh, if yeah. you're going to the game, first of all, if you're going to the game and you're you're from Kansas, first of all. Bless you. Uh, you have to fly to Pittsburgh and then <laughs> yes. drive to Morgantown. Yeah. So it's kind of one of a, a weird travel situation. I'm sure the team will be doing something similar. It'll be interesting to see. Um, either way, West Virginia plays better at home. Yeah. They are 3-2 and two at home this season, and they have looked terrible on the road, but they've played better at home. And I wonder if that is more of... It's hard for teams to travel there, or if it's just something about playing at home. You throw on top that it is going to be senior day in West Virginia, mm-hmm. and this feels like a team that's going to be motivated to come in and try and give it their all.
1: Yeah, and, and I'd be shocked if they didn't because any, with well, any team, Especially at this caliber, at this level, you know, the situation, nobody's going to quit and you have pride and, and you want to win it for your seniors and you want to win it for your coach's job and who the AD was recently let go, fired, released, came to terms, What however you want to word it. But there's a lot of things they, they you're going to find a reason to play hard. You know, K-State's ranked number 15. That's a reason to play hard. Mm-hmm. Um, they beat K-State so many times the last couple of years. That's a reason to play hard. You're at home, like you said, senior, senior day. That's a reason to play hard. So I, I, I know our kids understand but I hope they become prepared, ready to play a tough game.
0: And with all that being said, you mentioned there are a few distractions around that football program. Steve Lyons, former athletic director, was let go, like you said, Monty. One would have to wonder about the job security of Neil Brown. Mm. When your boss gets fired, usually you're next. <laughs> yep. And so, once again, is this going to be a team that's going to be able to play for their coach? They just upset Oklahoma that is a big win for them. They are still in the hunt for bowl eligibility. If they win this game, they're five and six. They don't necessarily have to go six and six to make a bowl game. Right. You know, with all these bowls now, sometimes five and seven will get you in. So they're, they're sitting around hunting for one or two more wins. They're going to be hungry. They're going to be playing for their coach. But once again, How much of that distraction plays into it, especially when you take into effect there is potentially a quarterback controversy brewing in Morgantown. JT Daniels, the transfer from Georgia, from USC, seems like he's been around for forever. Mm -hmm. He was benched. They brought in Garrett Green, more of a running quarterback. He led him to victory, and when asked about this at his press conference, Neil Brown said, there's not really a quarterback controversy. We're probably going to play three, which, of course, everybody in the media goes, (laughs) <laughs> and so then they look at the depth and go, oh, the freshman Will Crowder may also get into the game. So lots of things going on in Morgantown. But I look at the quarterback situation, and if I'm K-State, I'm focusing my attention there because there's two guys in JT Daniels and Garrett Green that are very different from each other. It'll be interesting to see who they decide to roll
1: with. Yeah, and a good thing for K-State, we face uh, similar quarterbacks' uh, skill sets. One's a runner, one's more of a complete uh, quarterback has the capability to run, but we've seen that before. So anything that throw at us not going to shock us or put us in a situation where we're like, oh, man, what do we do? How do we adjust? So that's the good thing about it. The question is, who do we get more attention to this week going into the game? You can't really go 50-50 because if you can, you're taking away other reps mm-hmm. for other situations. So um, you basically have to take a chance and say, hey, either it's going to be Daniels or the kid that finished the game last week. Uh, and I feel like our, our defense, the 50 stack, is suited to adjust on the fly if needed so that didn't concern me as much
0: and again i've said this a million times when you have two quarterbacks that means you don't have one yeah so if there's a quarterback controversy that's usually a good thing for the other team uh uh, however there are some playmakers for west virginia most notably bryce ford wheaton at the receiver position Mm -hmm. that's a guy who's really been a pain in the neck for k-state recently but I look at the secondary, we talked about it in the first half, if there's anybody that's up for the challenge, it's that secondary.
1: Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe, was it Brent that was uh, selected for the Senior Bowl recently? hmm it was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hey, another opportunity for him to show his skill set, you know, and I'm not sure if K-State is going to travel with uh, the receiver from West Virginia or just kind of play a defense as is, but... He's a good receiver. Don't get me wrong, but I think our DBs are better, and, and Echo and, and the rest of the safeties and corners, for that matter, they're better. And it's not me being biased. I just think that we're better.
0: And there's a reason why J.T. Daniels was benched. Yeah, you know, it's not just bad quarterback, but they got to get open. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I look at that matchup, K-State's defense versus West Virginia's offense. I think there's an advantage there because, it, once again, they're in the middle of a quarterback controversy. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some dual action I have I think both guys are going to play. Right. And again you can sit here and say, oh, that's an advantage case." K- advantage West Virginia because K-State doesn't know, but I would lean the other way. K-State has seen it all. This is the going to be the 11th game of the season. They've seen everything mm-hmm. up to this point. And you mentioned Julius Brintz, another guy Well, I, I would be remiss if we didn't point out, Drake Cheatham, uh, Big 12 Newcomer of the Week right. against right. Baylor. So right. yep. um, along with filling the void for Kobe Savage, there's a lot of guys back there who will play, who will have an opportunity. But I, you got to feel strong about this defense. I mean, we've said it all year. If you play good defense, it will keep you in every single game. And uh, this defense is going to have a challenge, no doubt about it. The West Virginia offense is better than the West Virginia defense. We'll talk about that unit here in a second. But um, it's some strange things. And if the game is going to be
1: won, I have a feeling it's going to be won on that side of the ball. No, you're right. And and one of those things, I think you mentioned earlier, there's a lot of turmoil going on behind the scenes with the team for West Virginia. And I'm curious to see if the team truly – uh, exemplifies the word team because mm-hmm. they're gonna be individuals because like right now a lot of guys are for me it's a couple of guys in the transfer portal uh earlier this week and i feel like a lot of guys are you, thinking hey this is my last year here i'm transferring or i'm going to the nfl next year so how much effort is it really going to be for of a team effort that's my question mm-hmm. and i'm and i think it'll be dictated in the first quarter you will see if they're going to sit there and fight you or they're going to lay down after the first quarter but i think Both sides of the ball were better, but I feel like our defense shutting our offense down gave us a better chance of winning the ball game.
0: Because then when we flip over to when K-State's on offense and West Virginia's on defense, the numbers are not pretty for the Mountaineers. Mm -hmm. Now... If you're going to keep your eye on one person for the West Virginia defense, it's at the defensive tackle position. Dante Stills, it feels like there's been a million (laughs) Stills brothers that have gone through there. Still there. Well, he's still there. Um, One of the best players in the Big 12. But that defense struggles mightily. They are just not good on defense. Statistically, they're 118th in scoring defense, allowing over 30 points a game. In the secondary, it gets even uglier. They are 113th in passing defense. If you're Will Howard, if you're this K-State offense, you are licking your lips when you see those numbers and you watch them on film and say, we are going to be able to push the ball down the field.
1: Yeah, you're, you're right. The first thing I noticed when I watched West Virginia's defense, they, they have some athletic guys, and they compete to a certain extent. But the biggest thing that sticks out for me is they are undisciplined. There are a lot of mental errors, mm-hmm. a lot of lack of communication, guys running wide open when they shouldn't be and all of a sudden there's a lot of finger pointing and and they look like they haven't prepared for the week and i'm pretty sure the coaches do prepare them but whenever they see schemes see routes that they're not familiar with guys are running open all day and if, like you said if i'm will i'm like hey this is gonna be a big number day for yeah. me <laughs> so yeah
0: and you look at last week marvin mims had some huge plays yeah. against him now one of the better receivers in the big 12 don't get me wrong but I'm K-State. I'm going back. I'm looking at the film. You know, every week I feel like I sit here and I say, establish the run, establish the run. I do think that's important. Mm-hmm. But this week, assuming the conditions are going to be good, I think it's going to be a little cold, but there shouldn't be any rain or anything like that. This is, seems like a week where you can go high tempo. You can get the ball out of your hand quickly, mm-hmm. do some play action, do some RPOs, just try and move the ball down the field. It wouldn't surprise me if this is the game plan uh, similar to Oklahoma State, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. where well, we're going to, K State is going to try and get the ball out of Howard's hands, mm-hmm. try and push the ball down the field and make some big plays because if you can get on top of this team early, like you mentioned, will they quit? I don't know. But this seems like a perfect opportunity to open up the playbook and really push the ball down the field.
1: Yeah, and I feel like West Virginia is in a position where they know that everybody knows they're not very good in the back end. So they're going to pressure. And I think they're going to bring uh, zone pressure to try to disguise and keep those guys uh, covered up, I mean, to help those guys out as much as possible. And hopefully the quarterback misread the blitz and throw a bad pass. But they're not going to go man to man. If they do, I'd be shocked. But like I said, they'll bring a lot of blitz pressure basically zone uh, maybe stem some guys at the line of scrimmage but there's no way they can just sit there and play base defense against us because we we'll are picking apart
0: if they do decide to play base defense and that's where you see the deuce Vaughn. yep and you see um once again we we talked about this fitz and i talked about this on the post game podcast and we, we talked about ben sinnet a little earlier but deuce fawn was a major player in the passing game i think he had eight receptions on a saturday against baylor look for that again yeah because once again if they're going to play man coverage, that means that a safety is either going to have to guard Benson and a linebacker is going to cover Deuce, or a linebacker is going to, or a safety is going to cover uh, Deuce, Deuce and a linebacker is going to cover Senate. One of those two guys has to guard each other, and again, that's not a matchup that West Virginia wants. No. And so, if they, if they play say if they play zone, like there's we think they may do. Uh, again, I look for a guy like Cade Warner. To yeah. just find the soft spot in the zone, settle in it, catch the ball eight yards, boom, eight yards, boom, and then all of a sudden you got that zone beater through the seam and, and K State takes advantage of it. Again, I just think that K State is going to have a field day on offense against the Mountaineers.
1: I agree. And one thing I noticed last week about Will, his first touchdown, he's not afraid to throw it in there. He threw it between two defenders on a on a rope and, and uh Senate made a great catch. And I think I don't think anybody else would have attempted that throw and he did it didn't blink and and knew he knew right away it was a tutty. and so his confidence is there and if you're gonna run zone we find those holes in the zone he will pick you apart and we got guys that can get extra yards after the catch and make plays um malik knows how to do a good job of it k1 does a good job of it center does a good job of it so we got several guys that can make plays i'm excited for the opportunity
0: 83rd in red zone defense as well for West Virginia. So you get into the red zone, you've got to score touchdowns. If you can score touchdowns, it makes the game go a lot easier. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I just... I really think, again, I'm usually the guy that sits up here and says, run the ball, but you look at the numbers, you look at this West Virginia defense, and you know that there's going to be some opportunities. I think it is important to run the ball, but when you can be as dynamic as K-State can be on offense, I mean, they're not one-dimensional. No, They're not one-dimensional, and and we haven't really talked that much about um, Will replacing Adrian, but that just shows you how good this offense is, that even with uh, another quarterback who hasn't played the majority of the season, there's not a lot of fear, because even if Will has an off day, you know that you have 22 back there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and going back to that, I think if K-State gets up early, and like you said, we can get big numbers. But here's my thing. If you're up early and, and third quarter, whatever it may be, run the ball. Because Deuce is going to get his numbers, but I cannot help but notice DJ Giddon. Mm-hmm. He he is a difference maker. And it's a different type of runner. And that guy, uh, a couple plays against Baylor, they tackle him, and, and, and defensive guys are limping off after trying to tackle him. So he's a physical runner. And you do that, you can break West Virginia's will. You get up 14 points, you run the ball, take their heart. Really just pound the rock and, and break their will and send a statement.
0: Giddens was impressive on Saturday. Uh, yes, he was. He was impressive on Saturday. As we wrap up the show, it's time to get into our picks. Let's just say this. We were right about TCU and Texas. Not very often that we get to sit up here and say we were right about games non-K-State related, but we were right. We both yeah. thought TCU was going to win, yep. and they did. So K-State's back to controlling their own destiny. Let's go ahead and take a trip to Morgantown, get our uh, get our future binoculars out here. Uh, who do you have winning, and what is your score?
1: I got K-State winning 35-10. to 10.
0: I, I, this The spread is seven and a half. And earlier this week, I, I was cautious about this game simply because I didn't know if it was going to be a trap game. But after seeing all this and looking up some film of West Virginia, I think K-State has a major advantage here. I'm not quite on the 35-10. I might be. I should be maybe. But I'm going to give West Virginia a little bit of credit. Say they get some points, um, uh, they get some backdoor points. I'll say 31-20 to 20 K-State. Yeah. I think they'll be able to move the ball. And I do think that it might look a little bit bigger than that simply because they're going to get ahead. Right. And really try and milk the clock. Either way, it's going to be fun. Make sure you enjoy the game. 1 o'clock on ESPN+. If K-State can find a way to win, it sets up a win. And go to Arlington against Kansas next week under the lights at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Enjoy the game against West Virginia on Saturday, wherever you may be. And we will talk to you next Friday.
1: It is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. If I the world, bring you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody
0: get down! Walk right up to the
1: side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never
0: should have sent a boy to do a woman's job.
1: The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash TheShy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime Annual Plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.